0: you burnt out on religion. Come on, man. Tell the truth. Jesus says this. He says, he says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Amen. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Just walk with me and work with me and watch, watch how I do it. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live free and light. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, don't you wish that was true? Don't you wish that Jesus actually did say that? Don't you wish that he was saying that to you right now? Well, guess what? It is true. He did say that, and he is saying that to you right now. I was kind of sharing this out of a, a paraphrase Bible. I don't usually use those. I just like the way that these verses sounded in that Bible. Let me just read from you this, the, 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 the actual word for word text, all right? And it is out of Matthew 11:28. 28. He says this, he says, come to me. Wait a second, check this out. This is God's word, amen? Yes. Now we're gonna read God's word, amen? Yes. What we need to do when we do that? We need to pray, all right? Praise the Lord. So, Father, we praise you. Lord God, we worship you. And truly, Lord God, we ask for your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of our Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God to lead us right here through your word for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what he said. He said, come to me, all who labor all of you who have been working so hard at this religion game of just trying to do that and trying to mark off to check all the boxes man all of you who have just been working so hard at this he says come to me jesus said this in matthew 11 all right he said this he says come to me all who are just, who, who are laboring at this and who are heavy laden. In other words, come to me, all of you who, who seems like people just came to keep putting more and more on you, more and more heaviness, man, more and more religious weight on you. And he says, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Hold on, we'll get to that. And learn from me, learn from me, learn from Jesus. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. In other words, I'm not going to be all arrogant in your life. I'm not going to just push this down your throat. I want to make it easier for you to know me. That's how Jesus rolls. And you'll find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I like leaving this in my office. It's an old school yoke, all right? And I've used this quite a few different times, all right, to get the point across as the scriptures would talk about a yoke, all right? But I've used it more in the areas because scripture actually talks about this as, as negative, you know, a negative thing, as an instructional thing, and as an awesomely positive thing. Negative is when, 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 we're, when we're yoked, when we're strapped to the sin, and we just can't break free, man, and it just got us, man. And, you know, we're just kind of hardcore tied to it, right? And it speaks about that. And in an instructional sense, it says, hey, man, when you're going to be married, man, remember the two most important decisions you can probably make in this world. Number one is definitely who you worship. Number two, who you marry. It's, probably, it's pretty much up there, man. It's pretty big, all right? But he says when you do that, man, make sure that you're equally yoked. Because if you have one going this way and one going this way, you're just going to go around in circles, and you've done that, right? And it's crazy. Amen. He speaks of that to be an instructional. But here he's saying it. He says, "Man, take my yoke. This is my yoke." Because you've been you've been you've been trying to you know led by things all over the, the world, man. He says, "But take my yoke." And now in back in the day, a yoke was was used to actually get a lot of work done. All right, they'd, they'd have these big old oxes would have this harness thing on their neck and they would tie it to each side of the yoke, All right? They have one ox over here, one ox over there and they just start jamming away, man, doing that work. And if they ever wanted to train a brand new ox, they would get a seasoned, well-trained, well-understood ox, one who knows what's going on, boom, tie it right here, all right? And then bring that newbie right over here and they would be led by that one. And to learn from that one, and to walk is that one, to work is that one, and to be is that one. And Jesus is referring to that with us right here when he says, take my yoke, right? He says, I want you to come over here with me, all right? I want to challenge you right here with me. I want to challenge you this, man. If, 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 if your yoke is hard... If your yoke is just t- rough, if your yoke is just like, I just can't do this, man. There's just too much going on, all right? And your burden is heavy, then more than likely it isn't his. You understand? And so what, what I want us to do for the next, uh, you know, 30 minutes here, I want us to, 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 to learn from Christ. I want us to, to literally tie ourselves to, to, to his yoke. Uh, to, to just kind of, like, get alongside him. And I know this sounds very, very, like, overly kind of, you know, whatever. I don't know how that's going to work, but, but, but just learn from me right here. Just kind of, just, just, I want you to just kind of take this with me. Just, just journey with me. I want you to tie yourself to Jesus today. All right, I want to see if we can just learn from him by just watching him make it easier for us to know him. I wanna see if we can learn from him as he makes it easier for us just through the scriptures today, all right? If we just kind of watch Jesus through this, all right? And we can learn to maybe know know his heart a little closer, to understand his mind maybe a little more and to embrace that amazing love that he has for you and for me, amen? And I believe what we're gonna learn you know, primarily today, at least through this scripture that we have assigned in our Luke. All right. We, I say assigned because we're going through the book of Luke and God has just given us these little sections. All right. To go through every week as we go through it, we're in Luke. We finally made it to Luke chapter six, which is a pretty good thing. Right. All right. (laughs) So we've been at it for all year. All right. So far, well, five months. Right. And, um, and it's been pretty amazing. And we're breaking ground in Luke chapter six. And I think these first five verses, God has some really amazing things to show us as we watch, if we would just watch Jesus, if we would just tie ourselves to Christ, I think we can learn quite a bit here, amen? All right, and I believe the main thing that we're gonna learn today, and this is at least what I'm gonna challenge you with today, is that, and I'm gonna put this up there, and this is kind of a crazy little sentence, but let me just unpack it for you really quickly. If you you read the word to understand the word, You would be led by the word instead of trying to lead the word. Now, what I mean by that is is if you would read God's word, if you open God's word and, and read it to understand the heart of God, to understand God, to understand Christ, all right, before trying to understand yourself, understand him, all right, if you would read the word to understand the word, well, then you would be led by the word instead of trying to lead the word, all right, in other people's lives, all right? you would be led by the word. You'd be led by the word of God. You'd be led by Christ, all right? And that's what we need, man, because how many times do you find yourself telling God, get over here? Over, I'm over here now. Where do you take, I mean, seriously, I gotta come get you again? How many guys, I mean, think about it. How many times do we find ourselves just trying to lead God to where we're going and to what we're doing? I mean, it says this, God, you should be over here, right here, doing this, right? It's kind of crazy, man, when you think about it like that, but practically it happens quite a bit. And so I want to challenge us with this sentence. I'm going to say it over and over again, if you would read the Word to understand the Word, the Word of God, all right, you would be led by God's Word and be led by God in effect, and by the word, instead of trying to lead the word and trying to lead God. All right, so let's open up Luke chapter six. Verse 1, all right, and um, we're, we're, we're going to challenge this story where Luke is hanging out, oh, I mean Luke, where Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, right? He's hanging out with his guys. He's got his boys with him, all right? And they're just kind of cruising around, man. They're just kind of doing some crazy stuff, man. If you read the scriptures, you would agree with that. You know what I mean? It's just they're cruising around doing some crazy stuff, all right? It's just what's happening with Jesus, man. If you were there, you'd be freaking out. You would be on the sideline going, man, that guy's doing some crazy stuff. All right. you'd say that, you know. I mean, don't need to act like you wouldn't. All right, and so so they're doing this, right? And then one sun, well, one one Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning or whatever the case is. All right, he's rolling with his boys, and they're they're going through this field, right? And they're going through this field, and there's these like there's these crops on each side of the field. You know how they of have those little, little, little those little roads in between. All right, and it was very, and back in this time, it was very, very common, well, it was common, it was kind of law, that, that when, the, when you would harvest your field, say you owned the field and then it was your crops, you wouldn't harvest the edges. You'd leave the edges alone. Why? Because people who didn't have a lot of cash, who didn't have a lot of money, all right, that way they were able to come and just kind of grab a couple of little pieces of grain for themselves that they couldn't afford it. It was kind of a good thing, all right, so it was okay. So Jesus and his boys actually were cruising through here, and they found this grain, and they, and they, and they, and they were just kind of grabbing it and, uh, and just kind of, you know, rubbing it open and, and, uh, and eating it, man. And there was a group of Pharisees that were going, look, see, I told you. You know, they're just kind of catching them up in a freeze every time they see them. All right, so we're going to catch up with this story and just kind of see what happens. Again, let's watch Jesus. Let's just listen to Jesus, and let's, let's be challenged by the words of Jesus because... Uh, there are four words that he says here that I think are going to probably be the most challenging, and we'll get to that in a minute here, but just check out Luke chapter 6, verse 1. Again, Father, as your word guide us through it, hallelujah. On the Sabbath, on a Sabbath, which was kind of a sacred day of rest, I'm going to share a little bit about that here in a minute, all right? It was kind of instituted in the scriptures that, you know, you're supposed to rest on this day. While he was going through the grain fields, His disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. Now, what this, you know, what this tells me is that, (laughs) number one, um, they were hungry, right? That's a no-brainer. Number two, it also tells me they didn't have a lot of cash, all right? Because they're taking the stuff that's out there for people who don't have a lot of cash, all right? And so uh, he could have used miracles, but Jesus didn't roll like that. Uh, you know what, man? We ain't got no bread. Check us out. Ham sandwich. Pow. Right there. Go ahead. And knock it out. All right? Chicken nuggets. Boom. Right there. Knock it out. All right? Uh, you know, he didn't do that. All right? He just says, all right, you know, we're going to do this the way, you know, we need to do this. But look at verse 2. But some, some of the Pharisees, and I shared with you a couple of weeks ago what the, who they were, and we'll, we'll talk about them again another time. All right? Said to him, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? All right, they're, they're just following them around, man, waiting for them to just blow it, right? And just kind of looking for a reason for them to, 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 to snatch these guys up. All right, so you, you know, they, they say, Why are you doing what is not lawful, what is against the law on the Sabbath day? There are certain rules and regulations for this day, and you guys are missing them. All right, and then basically, they're saying, You know what, Jesus, you know, we know Jesus was hungry and they were eating, and these guys are saying, You know what, too bad, man, you guys are gonna need to starve today because you know, this is that day where you're not supposed to do stuff, you should have planned out for this, right? All right, has anyone, has anyone here ever had anyone push this kind of religious pressure on you. Yeah, over here, right here, man. Uh, You know what? If you're honest, you know what? And if you think about this, all right, you know, I think all of us might actually be able to say either we have had it done to us, somebody pushing this kind of religious pressure on us, or we have done it to other people. I mean, you got to be honest. You see, I believe this happens because of a very common misconception that maybe not be spoken out loud, all right, but sometimes is actually assumed by even by people who are religious and people who are not religious, people of faith and people who are not of faith, and that is that God, you know, the story of the world and the story of life is that God came over here, dropped some kids off here on the planet, all right, and then split, but he left us with a bunch of rules and regulations so we don't mess the place up, right? He took off, he might be on vacation, might have another plan, maybe he's doing some other stuff, maybe he's got a whole other universe he's creating and just kind of flashing around or something, all right? But this is our common misconception, that he just kind of dropped us off here, told us, don't mess it up, I'll be back, (laughs) all right? I'm going to check. Here's these rules, all right? So if you follow these rules, you won't mess the place up. Like, he's more concerned about the place than he is us. right, we think about this. And some of the kids, all right, that he dropped off, you know what I mean? Kind of just seeing how much they can get away with until he gets back, right? How much can we get away with? Because he's gone. How much can we get away with until he gets back? There's others who I can give a rip about him being gone. Actually, sometimes might even not believe he was actually ever here, all right? And so there's isolating, making sure that theirs is taken care of. I got mine, I'm taking care of mine. You know what I mean? My life is good. I want to make sure my life is comfortable. I can give a rip about anybody else. And then there are those Christians, there's some Christians, man, some people, some of our family, all right, they kind of get caught up in this too, man, and, 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 they, and they create these little Christian bubbles, these little homes, these little circles where we just let Christian people in, right? There's plaques on the wall, kinds of things not to do, right? There's like, you know, don't, don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, and don't go out with girls who do, all right? There's all that stuff happening. <laughs> just being honest, man, All right? Well, there are other people who believe it is their job to be God in his absence, taking the rules, making some more rules out of the rules, all right, even more than he intended and just kind of slapping people around with them because there's power in the rules, right? And it's kind of crazy, and it just seems to make it harder and harder for people to actually know God. Uh. Well, we know the truth is he never left. Amen. He ain't gone nowhere, right? He's right here, twenty-four-seven. Amen. And we know this because he's with us. You see, the, the the law that these guys are pointing to is out of Exodus chapter twenty, verse eight. It's one of those. Remember the ten big ones, all right? The ten commandments. They're so hardcore that God used His finger to write them in stone and said, "Here, man, these are real. I want you to pay attention to this." All right, all right? Anyway, those are one of those. Right, law number four, the fourth law said this, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. And this is what these guys are referring to. These guys are going to the field. It's the Sabbath day. Wait a second. You guys are you know, making some food here. <clears throat> All right. And he says, and here's, a, here's the main law, the over, overarching law, God's actual law that they're referring to. And I don't see anywhere in here what, you know, the, where Jesus is blowing it. It says right here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day. This is the law. This is God's law. And keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Say, to the Lord. Say, come on, to the Lord. This, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. He says, on it you shall not do any work You, your son, or anything, or anybody, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, don't even put your cat to work, all right? No, no, you know, the soldier, nobody should be working. Don't work, all right? Now, what God meant for this, because I think the key is, where he says the Sabbath to the Lord. This is, and we talked about this a while, last year when we did this uh, series called Centered. Basically, God, what he's actually, I wanna talk about first, I wanna say really quickly, here's what we believe, here's what we know God is actually, we can say we know God is actually talking about this, and then I wanna go back to what these guys are trying to catch Jesus up in, and see how it doesn't match, okay? I truly believe, and this is, the scriptures will prove this, that, that what he's talking about is just stop from all your craziness and all you're doing, you're just hustle and bustle, the busyness of your life, and take time to focus with God. Take time to focus with God, all right? Allowing yourself to, uh, to rediscover that God is focusing on you. And so what do you do during the Sabbath rest, and we share this with you, and this is, this is just kind of a quick freebie in the middle of the sermon, all right, we, we share with you, there's three things, reflection, connection, and projection, when you're hanging out with the Lord on a Sabbath, I believe because, you know, God had the first Sabbath, on the seventh day, God rested after he created the world, and he looked back at his creation, saw that it was good, all right, and saw that it was awesome, and everything was very good, he reflected, all right, and he connected with mankind all right? And then he looked, looked ahead. He knew where, where we were going with this, and we need to do the same thing. We need to take time to reflect. Reflection is taking a look. I look. I'll put this up here. All right, ready? Reflection, taking a look at what God has done before you, around you, and through you. There should be at least one day a week where we just kind of take that time to just kind of reflect with God. And we should do this every day, but there should be a purposeful time. We just kind of just... Reflect what God is doing in front of us, what he's doing around us, and what he's doing through us. And then, and then connect. Connecting with him in the moment. Connection, all right? It's a, it's a worshipful connection, all right? And some of you guys, your Sabbath is today, all right? And you're reflecting for, through the day, and you're reflecting on what happened, all right? And you're connecting with God today, a worshipful connection, all right? that is unmixed and unreserved. And then what we need to do, and we always, we, we miss this part. I'm gonna challenge you guys right here. Those of you who leave right after the sermon, Before the last song, hey, we don't really need that last song. I'm pretty good right now, all right? You know, I'm feeling pretty good about this. You know who I'm talking about, right? You know who you are, man. We need time to reflect I mean, and then project where we're going with this. All right, that's where the, that time, man, uh, that last time we've had this sermon, This all one service, man. You take this time, that last moment, those last, that last song, man, it's not just to kind of like to put a little cherry on You know, I'm, I'm trying to I mean, I'm trying fast on cherries, I don't want them. No, no, this is a time to actually project where God is going with you. Take a look, man, connect today, project, uh, re- reflect today, connect today, and then project where God is going to go. Take that last song, take that, take that moment, take the rest of the day. Prayerfully projecting, prayerfully considering where he is going with all of this and determining to go with him. You know what's crazy? I've never seen God leave the service early. I'm just throwing that in there. Anyways, all right. All right. <laughs> Remember, some of you guys are like, dang it, I'm just trying to, man. Poof. All right. <laughs> remember, Jesus, I mean, I think the kids are fine. Anyway, tricks. remember, Jesus is just trying, he's just trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to just kind of hang out with his boys and eat some food, man. And these guys just come in there and they start just jamming them up. And they tell him, what you're doing is unlawful. What they do, man, there's these grain, right? They picked it, all right? They kind of rubbed it to get the, the, the grain out of the, the chaff that's around it, that, that stuff that you don't eat, the husk, whatever, all right? You blow on it, all right? The husk goes flying, all right? They call that winnow, or they call that uh, uh, winnowing, all right? So, so they pluck it, all right? They thresh it, it's what you call threshing, and then they winnow it, all right? And then they made food and ate it. Now, according to these guys, that was unlawful. Why was that unlawful? Because I don't see it right there in the scripture we just read. It was unlawful because they they, they, they they created a manual called 40, mu- save one. And I'm, I'm, don't let me miss you with this. They created a manual themselves. They looked at the law and they thought it wasn't complete enough. We needed more instruction. So these religious leaders created a manual that said 40 plus one, 40, 40 save one, I mean. And it was basically 39 rules and restrictions to follow on the Sabbath day. And according to their... 40 save one, they were plucking, they were threshing, they were winnowing, and they were producing food against the law. Whose law? Not God's law. All right, your law. Alright, so, so I want to challenge this once again, man, when we, when we look at this, alright, you know, we, we, we got to remember if, if you read the word to understand the word, you'd be led by the word instead of trying to lead the word. Let me ask you this question, man. Have you ever interpreted the word of God with so much detail that the people he called you to love started to feel very unloved? That's uh, just a test to think about. And I love Jesus' response. Look what he says here. In Luke chapter 6, verse 3, he challenges them. He says, well, he says, he says ha, he, here's, our, here's our four words. I love this, these four words. Look at verse 6. And Jesus answered them and says, have you not read? He knew these guys were, 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 were Old Testament guys, man. They were in the scriptures. He knew that they read it. All right, but I think he was asking a deeper question. Look at, look at Let's read what he said. He says, have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? He refers to another story in the Old Testament. They're referring to an Old Testament law that they added onto and created more laws for. He, re- he refers to God's word in its entirety, in its purity, just God's word. He says, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? All right, he's confirming his own word. And then he says this in verse four, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone but the priest to eat. And he also gave to those who were with him. He's in the grain field. He's standing there with his guys. These, 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 these Pharisees who are challenging them to working on the Sabbath, who themselves are putting in a lot of work to catch them working by the way. Right? And there they are, challenging them with the word of God and their interpretation and their actually addition to it. And he goes to the word of God right there and just has a teachable moment with everybody present for those who would be inclined to be taught by God. He says, haven't you read this story in the scriptures? And the story he's referring to is an Old Testament story. You find it in, uh, I think it's in 1 Samuel. And uh, David wasn't yet King David yet. He wasn't no longer David and Goliath David. It was that in-between David where he started to actually kind of start to own the position that God was calling him to, but he was still young. There was a king named Saul who was getting very jealous of David, and he kind of knew that he was up and coming and would eventually be king. So he was trying to kill David. And for a minute, he was one of David's main little fighters until everybody really, uh, really, really liked you know, David more than they liked him. And he got real jealous, and he tried to run a spear through him. So and eventually, David takes off and runs from the king. And on his way out, he takes off in a hurry. He didn't bring any supplies with him. So he goes to the temple, and he, he catches a priest in the temple and he says hey man you know what and the priest was kind of was kind of scared when he saw him he's like whoa you know uh where are you at and why are you by yourself you're supposed to be with the king aren't you uh he doesn't have a clue what's going on and David man he's actually there kind of deceptively and kind of very deceptively he goes to the priest and he's actually like yeah I got some guys with me they're just outside but you don't want to talk to them. They're, they're just trust me, they're out there. They're hiding in the bushes. They don't want to be seen. We're on a mission from the king, all right, himself, sent us on this mission. But we forgot to bring supplies. I know, stupid me. Anyways, you got any food? You know what I mean? <laughs> you got anything thing to eat, right? You know, and so, and, you know, and then they, they had this bread they called the show bread, the bread of the presence. It was this religious kind of ceremony bread, ceremonial bread. It was important, all right? It was very important. It wasn't just religious. It was actually very functional. It, God actually had a purpose for this. And you weren't supposed to eat that bread. It was just for show. And the priest said, you know what, man, all I got is this show bread, right? He goes, and I can't give it to you unless I know you and your guys have been ceremonial clean. He goes, yeah, they're good. You know, I, I, yeah, they're good. They're fine. <laughs> I'm good too, man. We'll take it. And the priest actually gave him bread. All right? And it's crazy that Jesus would do the story like this. All right, he would use a story like this. And I think there's a lot of things taking place And the reason he uses this story. Uh, number one, I think if we truly, because he says, have you not read, remember? Have you not read? In other words, are you reading the word to understand the word? Are you just reading through it to go through the motions? Or are you just looking for what you just wanna look for when you read the scriptures? Because I think if we just take the time and allow God to breathe into us his word, you'll see some different things taking place. I'm not so quite sure that Jesus is pointing to David as much as he's pointing to the priest who himself broke the law, right, to supply human need. Because there was was the law of God, and then there's the people of God. And who do you think God loves more? Amen, man, come on, the people. And I think maybe he's pointing to the actions of the priest as as, as the priest says, okay, man, go ahead, give this to you and your guys. Uh, Yeah, I'll give it to me and my guys. All right, cool, yeah, I got this. And I just see that taking place right here. And I think it's a huge thing, man, because you know what? When, 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 you know, when when we question, when Jesus questions, have you not read, I think he's digging deeper than a lot of us want to go. Right. Right. Because on the surface, we, we look at David and we totally miss the action of the priest. If we're looking for the heart of God, let me just tell you this. If we're opening up the word and you're looking for the heart of God in the word, you will see the heart of God. And when you see the heart of God, you will want to imitate the heart of God because there is no other heart on the planet or off the planet like the heart of God. And we're going to want to imitate that. But our problem is, man, is we, we often we, we project what we want to hear into the word. We approach the word like, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, and that's okay. Write it down. God cares. He's about that, man. But, but when we approach the word, and we say, look at, it, whoosh, here's what I want it to say. It doesn't say it. I'll find another page. It doesn't say it. Well, maybe this guy who wrote about what that said might say it, or this guy who wrote about what this guy who wrote about what that said. You know what? Stay here first. It's crazy because I think sometimes we emphasize the promise of the blessing and we ignore the relationship with the blesser. We're searching for these blessings. I want my blessings. I'm going to get my blessings. I heard songs before. I'm going to get my blessings, all right? And I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm really, I'm real scared about that. But not scared. I'm just concerned about that, man, because I want to get the blesser. All right? And if you get the blesser, guess what comes with it? guess what comes with the blesser um his blessings i'm sorry i had to pull that in for you okay yes his blessings you were right i know you're thinking about it you guys are smart all right his blessings this this was glaring to me again just this monday i shared a a little online video this week about this i'm going to repeat that here real quickly this was this was glaring to me this week this week, I mean, you know, some of you guys are, are really, really Bible people, and some of you guys are sometimes Bible people. Sometimes you're like, man, I really want to be a Bible person. Other times some of the other people are like, man, can you just be a Bible person for me? All right, I get that. All right. And then and then we, we open up the word. You ever like when you're you're getting your scriptures, your daily scriptures and stuff, you ever get one, you're like, man, I totally know this one already. You know what I mean? Can I get something more deeper? You know what I mean? Can I have something more crazy? This is like, I know that I've read this before. I've seen this so many times, man. Again, I got this. This Monday, all right, I got from my Bible reading this last Monday, the scripture that I have known since I was a kid. It was the very first scripture my grandmother prayed with me and asked me to pray with her about it. Anybody know what that one is? Bam! Nailed it. All right? Yes. Yes. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he leads me, you got the still waters, you got the, you got the green pastures, you got the paths of righteousness, you got the shadow of the valley of de- death, you got the big old stick of God, all right, and you got, you know, you're, you're just doing pretty good no matter who's around you, enemies and everything. It's pretty dang awesome, right? I got that scripture this week, and I was like, dang, all right, Lord, really? I was like, really, man, this is Psalms 23, come on, man, all right, don't you have some, like, revelation or something for me, you know? Something crazy, some Ezekiel, something hardcore, and then I had to repent <laughs> immediately, right? It's like, God, come on, man. You know, I already know this better than you. No. No, I don't. All right? You feel like that, though. And come on, I'm just being real. Okay, come on, can you just be real. I'm not going to sit up here and try to lie, all right? So I had to repent. I said, God, okay, you know what? I'm so sorry for that, and I had to walk around my front yard a little bit with my Bible, like, okay, I'm so sorry. All right, tell me what you want to say, Lord. All right, because you know what? When I saw this again, you know, obviously we're all going through struggles, and you're like, okay, wait, where are the dang green pastures, Lord? <laughs> right? <laughs> where are the still waters, man? Because I'm just seeing thorns, weeds, thistles, and I like this ocean just raging around me. And I'm in the shadow of the valley of death, and I don't see any big sticks. I just see craziness, and it's crazy. And I'm kind of tripping on evil all around me. So, what do you got to say, Lord? lay it out, man. And I read the first verse, Psalms 23. I'll put it up there for you. Check it out. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I was floored because I've been leading myself to the thorns, the thistles, the weeds. I've been shepherding myself. I shepherd the Lord and I try to tell the Lord, come over here all right, I lead him to the raging waters. I lead him you know, to, 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 the, to the evil that I have allowed in my life or the death that I have allowed in my life or the craziness I've allowed in my life, all right? And I have been leading, leave that out there for a little bit, all right? And I had to ask myself, Lord, are you my shepherd? And what is a shepherd? A shepherd is that one who gathers the sheep, all right, and then brings the sheep with him, all right? And he says, look it, I wanna lead you this way, I wanna lead you this way. I've never seen in my life sheep leading shepherds. Never. But yet here I am looking at this verse, thinking, you know what, Lord? There's always a first, isn't there? And then I asked the question, well, how will I know, Lord, if you really are my shepherd? If I'm really even allowing that in my life, how will I know? He says, Check a look, take a look at the next four words. I shall not want got a my want when I want, I want I want I want I want I want I want and I want all right and, and you know what if my wanter's in check then I'm not wanting a bunch of stuff all right my wanter is put in check if the lord is my shepherd then he's leading me exactly to what I need to what this life to where he wants me in this life man and my wanter is in check man because you know what he's my shepherd that's just a freebie again, man. So, 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 you know, when Jesus asked, have you not read? The crazy thing is, is that so many of us would be able to say, yeah, I totally read that. But well, what if he asked? But do you understand what I'm saying to you? Because you don't just get points for reading, right? If you read the word to understand the word, you'll be led by the word instead of trying to lead the word. Luke chapter 6, verse 5, he says to them, the son of man, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And if you would be reading the word, you would recognize that that's the case. Mark adds, the Sabbath wasn't created for man. I mean, man wasn't created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for men, for mankind. You guys got this all upside down. Jesus is literally telling these guys, you need to not only read your Bible, you need to start understanding what God is saying to you. Too often we look at the word and we say, how does this apply to my life? You know, and when we f- should first look at the word and say, who is God in this? And is he this God in this? Do you understand? Because application to the word of God is worthless if God is not the Lord of your life. what are we going to do about this? I want to challenge you. Three things. I just want to open this up a little bit. Three things that I think we need to, we we can learn from just watching Jesus, from from, from, from tethering ourselves to him, and to learning from him, because I think this is important. Number one thing is actually that. Allow Jesus to teach you, and allow Jesus to lead you. All right, allow Jesus to teach. He said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you. All right, don't get on top of my yoke and try to tell, don't even try to pull my yoke around. Get on top, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. You're gonna find rest for your souls here if you allow me to be your shepherd. He wouldn't have said that if, if, if he didn't mean it. Do you understand that? So I challenge you closely read the word of God, closely watch the word of God and co- closely ask God to help you understand the word of God. Closely when you read the word, here's what you do. You keep I'm going to challenge you. You know what a lot of people when they when they open up the Bible they go straight to Genesis and they start reading. You know what, man, Genesis is important. Every book of the Bible is important. But if you're a first-time reader, or if you haven't read for a while, get, I challenge you people, read the Gospels of Jesus Christ first and foremost. That should be where you start learn about Jesus, watch Jesus, tether yourself to Jesus. Because when you tether yourself to Christ, all right, and you're going through the scriptures, you will understand Genesis way better if you know Jesus. You will understand Exodus way better if you know Jesus. You'll understand the Proverbs, all right, the the, the prophets. You'll understand every book in the Bible way better if you know Jesus and if you're with Jesus. Amen? Come on. That's where we're at. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. So allow Jesus to to teach you and to lead you. And number two, all right, when you're in the word, read the word to understand it, not just to read it. I know a lot of people, you know, and I'm not slamming the Bible in a year. I just don't think it's that awesome. I don't want to read a book in the Bible just to say, I totally read that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I read that. No, 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 no. I want to know that I've read something and understood it. 2 Timothy says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Because you understand it, not that you read it. I've read a lot of things. I read all the time. I'm reading every day. I've got multiple things. I'm just reading all the time. Me and my wife, we read together. We read apart. We do all kinds. We're reading all the time. The question is do you understand it? Finally, number three practice before you preach. You understand? Allow Jesus to teach you. Allow Jesus to lead you. Read the word to understand it because you're with Jesus, you will understand it, not just to read it and practice before you preach. Resist the temptation to push the word in other people's lives when you haven't fully worked it out in yours. Did you hear that? Resist the temptation to push the word in other people's lives, all right? If you, when you haven't fully worked it out in yours. Scripture says, "Work out your tre- your salvation with fear and trembling." Jesus said this about the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, "The scribes and the Pharisees sit at Moses' seat." All right, and they, so do what they what they observe, uh, do and observe what they what they tell you, but not the works that they do, because they preach but they don't practice. They may be telling you some good words, but don't don't uh, don't imitate their life, man, because they ain't practicing it. Again, man, if you if you read the word, to understand the word, we'll be led by the word instead of trying to lead the word. Amen. Here's the scripture we went through today. I'm going to put it up there real quick. All right, you want to you want to write that down? I'm just going to be pretty quick. I would challenge you to take a picture of that really quickly, or you know, hit up the office this week. This is just the scriptures that we went through today. And I actually added more scriptures to them, so you can, you know, get more of a more of the context. I always challenge you to check our work, to check your own work, and to trust His work. Amen. So you know what time it is right now? What time is it right now? I just I just shared it in the middle of the sermon. What time is it? Time to what? Time to pray. Time time to time to. Some of you guys got the words, man. Right now is the time. We're going to take this moment, this song right here, together. God hasn't left the service yet, so why should you? All right? So take the time right now, all right, to to reflect, to connect, and to project. Amen? So a lot of stuff in this dang sermon, huh? Boy, howdy. All right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen.